You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Who's soft now? What's going on, everybody? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKEDON and get your first deposit doubled up to 100 on today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be recapping Kentucky's massive win on the road over the number 12 Florida Gators, currently ranked 18th in the latest AP Top 25. I'm going to talk about that later on in the show. But to start things off here, we're going to give some takeaways on this game. We're going to give some thoughts moving forward, what we liked, what we didn't like from the game. I know that it was a win, but there are definitely some things that we could still critique. This team's ceiling, they've not met it yet. And this was just such a phenomenal win to see. I personally, if you've been watching the show recently, did not expect this to happen. I didn't like the matchup heading in. I didn't like the momentum that Florida had. I did not like what I saw out of Anthony Richardson. I was afraid that Kentucky was not going to be able to contain him. Boy, did they. We'll get to that later on. But to start here, I think the biggest concern heading into this matchup for me and for a lot of you out there leaving comments, the offensive line. The offensive line, which has suffered injuries throughout fall camp, which has kind of had a rough start to the season, was rough at the beginning of this game in the Swamp. But eventually, it found rhythm as the game went on, and I think it was one of the most important aspects of this game. Final score of this game, by the way, if you did not catch it, 26-16 to in Kentucky's favor. Should have been 29-16, to but a missed field goal kind of hampered that. 10-point win on the road in the Swamp. Before I get into some of the numbers here for the offensive line, something I want to point out. Everybody and their mother was hyping up Florida this week. And I know some of the Florida fans in the comments here have been relatively polite. You guys have not been rude. I was very, I was as as objective as I could have possibly been heading into this matchup, and I picked the Gators to win. And Florida fans appreciated that. A lot of you were very, you, you weren't rude. I've seen other fan bases out there be worse. Looking at you, Auburn. But everybody outside of the fan base, too, was hyping up Florida in this matchup. Everywhere I turned, I saw Florida by 21, Florida by 28. Florida's going to blow this team out. Kentucky doesn't have this, 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 and this. And even I was sitting here saying, I think this game's going to be close, but all these add up to an eventual Gator win. Everybody was picking uh, Florida to win this game. And wouldn't you know it, Mark Stoops marched into the swamp, drained it, and made it his own. When are we going to stop doubting this man? I mean, I, I expect Kentucky to win. I, w- I still expect them to win 10 games this year. Don't get me wrong. I still expect them to win 10 games this year. But we, as, as, as a people, as a country, need to stop d- doubting Mark Stoops and the Kentucky Wildcats. Offensive line was rough, rough at the start, found rhythm as the game went on. Only two sacks in this game. Nice to see after the week one performance against Miami of Ohio. 2.9 yards per carry on the ground. So, week one, absolutely abysmal on the ground were the Kentucky Wildcats. And 2.9 yards per carry in this game, not great. But if you take out Will Levis's rushes, he had seven rushes for negative 12 yards. And he did have a, a score at the goal line. But still, seven rushes for negative 12 yards, you take that out, 
Kentucky averaged four yards per carry. Cavassier Smoke, the leading rusher in this game, 14 carries, 80 yards, 5.7 yards per carry, did not find the end zone, but still loved what I saw out of Cavassier Smoke. People were saying, hey, this guy's going to step up and he's good enough to make plays on the ground. 5.7 yards a pop is pretty darn good. I'll take that any day of the week, especially considering the environment and the situation and what this game meant to so many different people. This game, if you you may disagree with this, like it or not, this game had playoff implications. Okay, not every team in the SEC East is going to be perfect this season, including Georgia. I expect them to slip up at some point this season. This game had playoff implications because if Kentucky can do can take care of business and do what they need to need to do down the stretch. They will find themselves in a massive matchup against the Bulldogs second to last week of the season. Huge. Offensive line was huge in this game. 2.9 yards per carry, technically four if you take out the sacks. Huge. Kenneth Horsey had a phenomenal game at left tackle. I believe he was the highest graded player, offensive lineman uh, of the day, according to Pro Football Focus. Jeremy Flax, right tackle, didn't have a great day. day. It wasn't terrible by, by any means. The performance was not, was not terrible. But overall, I think the offensive line as a unit, while they did play better in this game and they did much better than I think a lot of people would have expected them to, the offensive line still coming together. They're still gelling as a unit. They're still trying to build that chemistry after losing so much uh, to the draft and to graduation last year. They're, they're still coming together. We'll, we'll see improvement from, this, from these guys as the season goes on, and they've got a couple of games here where they have an opportunity to really do that. Okay, a couple more takeaways here. Actually, we got several, but I want to get to a couple right now. Receivers not named Tavion Robinson stepped up in this game. In fact, Tavion Robinson only had one reception in this game for zero yards, according to ESPN statistics. Dane Key, who I was very high on to, to begin the season, I predicted him to finish with the second most receiving yards on this team. I mean, shoot, if he has a performance like he did against Florida uh, every single week, I mean, he could end up being the number one receiver as a freshman on the squad. Mark Stoops was not kidding when he said back at SEC Media Days to me directly, this is the most talent we've ever had in the receiving core, even though it's young, even though it's an experience, which may set us back, it's extremely talented. Dane Key, three receptions, 83 yards, one touchdown, had that 55-yard bomb from Will Levis. It was really, really refreshing to see because, at least from my perspective, I saw the play call come in, I saw Kentucky set it up, and you could see, based on the, just the heavy set and how they were lining up with all that protection and that one receiver split out wide to the right, Dane Key, you kind of felt like a shot was coming at midfield. And Florida didn't really do a whole lot to kind of adjust to it. It was one-on-one coverage down the field. Dane Key just simply went up and made a great play. Really, really, really good protection on that on that play. Really good throw from Will Levis as well. Just perfect execution. Perfect execution across the board at several moments of this game. Now, obviously, there were flaws. This team is not perfect by no means. But, man, whenever they needed to step up, on both sides of the ball, the Wildcats did. One more offensive takeaway here, and then we can move on to defense. Outside, well, I'll, I'll point this out just to, for, for you guys to hear the stats. Uh, Chauncey Magwood had 47 uh, yards in this game receiving. Keaton Upshaw, Jordan Dingle, Brendan Bates, tight ends all got involved. But yeah, Dane Key was the, was the guy that stepped up. I knew that they were going to try and take away Tavion Robinson. Florida did that. Florida did that. And we, the question was, can we see other players step up? Dane Key said, thank you very much. I'll grab that touchdown. Final offensive takeaway here. And this is probably the biggest one. 
this team, this Kentucky team, can win without Chris Rodriguez, the star running back. For now. They can win for now. They've got two more games, right, against Youngstown State and Northern Illinois. No, not Northern, Northern, is it Northern Illinois? It's in, it's in IU. Doesn't matter. NIU Huskies. They've got two more games where they can kind of figure some more things out on the O-line, figure some more things out with the running back room, figure out how that rotation goes. Do they give Cavassier smoke more touches? Lavelle Wright has been good in pass protection throughout these first two games. How does he factor in? They've got two more games to kind of figure things, things out, but then they go on the road to Ole Miss. And Kentucky's got several games this year on the road where, it, where you have to be able to find a consistent running game. Like, you're going to have to. The way that Ole Miss is scoring without Matt Corral at quarterback, I think right now it should open some eyes. Saturday, October 1st at Ole Miss, that's going to be, let's just say Ole Miss beats Georgia Tech and they beat whoever else is on their schedule. We talked about it in the preseason. That's going to be a really, really big top 25 matchup in Oxford. And the fact that Kentucky's ranked, probably going to be ranked in the top 10, I say probably, it will, barring catastrophe. I mean, it will probably be closer to 8, 7, 6 at that point. And that's crazy to think about. That's going to be a really big game. At Tennessee, at Missouri, right? You've got that Mississippi State game. You're going to have to find a consistent running game. This team, two games into the year, has found ways to win without that star tailback. But I still believe they're going to need them back in order for the offense to really kind of flow. They're going to need to be able to bring some balance to it. It can't just be Will Levis stepping up. In case you're wondering, by the way, Will Levis, good in this game. Over 200 200 yards passing, 13 of 24 uh, passing, though. Not phenomenal. A touchdown, one pick. Not the best performance, but... Uh, I don't. I don't think Will Levis lost us. Lost us the game, and he had man that throw to Dane Key. Man, could watch that over and over and over. It was absolutely phenomenal. Before we get to defensive takeaways, in just a moment, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Guys, I want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your season. It's Underdog Fantasy and their pick'em game for college football. Just look up your favorite Kentucky Wildcat stats. Pick whether you think they'll end up with a higher or lower number in this week's game, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You can pick between two and five players for your pick'em slips. You can get all of your picks right, and you'll take home some cold, hard Cash. It's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com and download the app, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 with the promo code locked on. Again, deposit $100, get $100 free with the promo code locked on over at underdogfantasy.com. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Dahl hanging out here with you, recapping Kentucky's massive win over the then number 12 Florida Gators. 26-16 to was the final score. Defensive takeaways here. I mean, can we? Can, I think we can start and end with how Kentucky handled Anthony Richardson, the Florida quarterback. Man, <laughs> everybody was saying, again, everybody and their mother was on Florida in this game, right? And there were a lot of folks out there starting the comparisons to Cam Newton. Now, I was sitting here on the show talking about how he's maybe a, a, a baby Dak Prescott. You'll notice I never said that he is Dak Prescott. I said that he is a young version of Dak Prescott. He's raw. He's inexperienced. He's not polished. He's got things that he needs to develop, but the potential is there. 
I never said that he was some perfect Cam Newton quarterback, and some people out there were saying that. I just want to say 14 of 35 for 143 yards, 4.1 yards per, per attempt passing, two interceptions, one of them taken to the house by one Keydron Smith. That stat line is not reflective of a player that could be compared to one Cameron Newton. To be quite frank with you, that stat line is not reflective of a player that could be compared to one Dak Prescott. The athleticism, the talent is still there for Richardson. But let me tell you what Kentucky did to this kid. They bottled him up the entire night after that first series where he got a couple of nice passes over the middle. He was take he was taken out of his element. Kentucky, and the thing is, like the, you got the two interceptions, you got the pick six, right? But for the majority of the contest, it wasn't anything special. It was just sound team defense. Everybody doing their job, everybody sticking to their assignment and just shutting him down. Everything was kept in check. Every single thing. Brad Smith, defensive coordinator for the Wildcats, with another phenomenal coaching performance. It is... Mm, you, you really, really like to see that out of your defense, especially in this day and age, because you look around the SEC and you see all these star defenses, and, and most of them have one or two really, really good players, right? But the big boys, the real contenders, Georgia and Alabama, they don't just have one. They don't have one Will Anderson. They don't have one to Kobe Dean or Jordan Walker or whatever Georgia's defensive tackle is, whatever his name is. They've got several players. That entire unit functions as a team unit. And you saw that from Kentucky's defense against the against the Gators. Just to look at some more statistics here. 143 yards passing for the Gators. 136 yards rushing, 4.5 yards per carry. Not phenomenal. They gave up that one big run to Montrell Johnson. But outside of that, everything was just stopped. It was just stopped. Kentucky, or Florida couldn't do anything. They just simply couldn't do anything outside of that one scoring drive where they went down and they, they got that rushing touchdown. 4.1 yards per attempt. 4.1 yards per attempt. 279 total yards of offense, by the way, is actually more than what Kentucky had. 272. 4 of 16 on third down. Went, had to go for it on fourth down three separate times in, in this game. Just a really sound coaching job, really sound team defense from the Kentucky Wildcats. I mentioned Keydron Smith. He's got two takeaways in two games. Got a fumble recovery last week. Got an interception return to the house this week. Best pro football focus grade on defense for the Wildcats in this game. I don't want to say right now, I don't want to start talking about uh, offensive and defensive MVPs until later in the year, but man, if he continues to do what he's done thus far, he's going to be in the running for that. <laughs> really, really good pickup in the transfer portal from Ole Miss for the Wildcats. Keydron Smith. How about Carrington Valentine? Had to step in in this game. Eight targets, two receptions, 18 yards. Eight targets on Carrington Valentine, two receptions, 18 yards. Really, really good play from the cornerback. And then Jordan Wright back from uh, back from uh, suspension. Had an interception. This Wildcats defense, man, they did everything that they needed to do. And we talked about it heading into this game about, well, what could Kentucky potentially do to kind of slow down Anthony Richardson in the offense? Well, first things first, they've got to be able to stop that running game as a whole. And then they've got to be able to put Florida in third down situations where they have to throw it. 16 times the Gators faced the third down in this game. Four times did they come away with a conversion like I mentioned earlier. It's great. 
Great numbers, especially on the road. You'll take that any day of the week. Kentucky just played sound on both sides of the ball. They were just sound. Sure, we had a turnover here or there. Sure, we had a miss, uh, missed field goal. Sure, we had a ball rolled out of the end zone on special teams. Let's not talk about special teams in this game. In bigger, bigger games down the road against Georgia, that can't happen. That just can't happen. Against Tennessee, will not be able to happen if you want a chance of winning that game. But specifically on offense and on defense, Kentucky was just, they were complete. They looked like a legitimate contender. And I know that I sat here with Brandon Olson just a few days ago and expressed my concern for the Wildcats. And, and I was like, I don't, on paper, heading into this game, I don't really know about this. I don't really know about this. But I was like, you know what? If Florida somehow manages to lose this game to the Wildcats, how phenomenal is that going to be to, to, to I guess, come out of that game and say, well, we stopped what they thought we, we, we thought we could. We stopped what we thought Florida had an advantage with. That was Anthony Richardson. That was the running game. They just couldn't do anything. And I know that, I, uh, that we, we can sit here and point out individual efforts, but I just want to reiterate it one final time. It wasn't just one player or two players stepping up. It wasn't just Will Levis having to throw the ball a ton. He didn't. He didn't. 24 times he threw the ball. It wasn't a running back going off. It wasn't maybe one receiver just having an insane day. It was everybody. It wasn't just one player on the defense, although there were a couple of standouts. It was everyone. It was the coaches. It was the players. It was everybody. They all stepped up. All right, before I break down Kentucky in the AP Top 25, they've got a new ranking. It's awesome. I want to get to reactions for the entire AP Top 25. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You can post your job for free over at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, wrapping up the Monday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Daw here with you. Kentucky victors over the Florida Gators on the road in the swamp. 26-16 to 16 was the final score. Given our thoughts on today's episode and now turning our attention to the AP Top 25. Florida, heading into this game, was number 12. Previously, they were unranked. They had beaten number 7 Utah in week 1, and AP voters decided to... I said it at the time, and I'll say it again, and I would continue to say this even if Kentucky had lost. Heavily overvalue the Gators after one single performance. Uh, I think it was ridiculous the fact that they jumped up all the way to number 12. In fact, the host of Locked On Gators, Brandon Olson, told me similar things. Like, yeah, I expected them to make a jump, but to 12? I mean, you're kind of setting them up for not necessarily failure, just like, I don't know, setting expectations that high after one game, especially considering we don't know a lot about different teams across college football this early in the year. It's just... Ah, just did not make a whole lot of sense. Anyway, Florida lost. And they dropped all the way down to number 18, dropped six spots. The Wildcats, on the other hand, after uh, staying at number 20, 
in the AP following week one, defeated Florida. They are now a top 10 team in the country, number nine in the AP poll. They moved up 11 spots. That's the biggest move I can see in the AP this week. Right above number 10, Arkansas. There are eight SEC teams in this top 25. Hang on. I just want I want that to sink in before we get into the Kentucky-specific things. There are eight SEC teams ranked in the AP Top 25 now. Now, the conference will cannibalize itself. As the schedule moves on, as teams start to play each other, as conference play starts to get into, in, in, into full swing, there will be less teams in, in, from the SEC and the AP. But right now, over half the conference is ranked. That's insane. The Wildcats jump from number 20 in the AP Top 25 to number 9. This is Kentucky's highest ranking of the Mark Stoops era. And on top of that, it's Kentucky's highest ranking as a program since 2007. Kentucky, I believe, in that year got up to number 8. Started the season unranked, finished the season unranked after an 8-5 and five year. But yeah, this is, um, this is huge. This is absolutely huge for the program. We are riding not an all-time high because we know what Bear Bryant did uh, at, at Kentucky. And speaking of Bear Bryant, Mark Stoops just passed him on the all-time Kentucky wins list, now has the most wins in program history, 61-plus and counting for head coach Mark Stoops. I wouldn't necessarily say, again, that this is an all-time high, but this is definitely a moment in Kentucky football history in the modern era especially where you have to kind of sit back and go, okay, okay, we're seeing a really, really special thing build here underneath a coach that, to be honest, Hasn't asked a ton of the Wildcats from a contract standpoint. He hasn't asked for a ton of money. The way that things are set up for several years down the road, all this guy's got to do is what? Get to bowl eligibility, win seven games to get those incentives. And I mean, he is outperforming, outproducing, outrecruiting any expectation I think anybody would have had four or five years ago, right? I mean, this is not necessarily completely out of the blue, but it is, and it's it's welcomed for sure. Just to take a look around the rest of the AP, Georgia actually surplanted Alabama as the number one team in the nation. Alabama eked out a win over Texas on the road, 20-19 to was the final score there. Georgia, the number one team in the country, 53 first-place votes as opposed to Alabama's nine. A little surprising that the Bulldogs jumped the Crimson Tide, but you know what? Don't really care. Uh, whether or not Georgia's ranked one or two or five whenever they play the Wildcats. I just want them to be ranked. Oh, well, actually, who knows? If they aren't ranked, Kentucky could be playing like a three-loss Georgia team, and that would honestly be fine as well. Anyway, Ohio State's third. Uh, Michigan is fourth. So you've got two Big Ten teams and two big er, SEC teams in the top four as of right now. Again, like I mentioned, Arkansas right behind Kentucky at number 10. Number 15 is Tennessee on this AP. Number 18 is Florida, like I mentioned earlier. Ole Miss is number 20. We're going to continue to keep track of the Rebels, how they play against Georgia Tech. We're going to be talking about that uh, for the next couple of weeks, about how the Ole Miss Rebels are preparing for that game in Oxford. It's going to be a massive matchup in the SEC. Texas A&M at number 24 uh, for, for the Southeastern Conference. And I believe that's all the SEC teams in the AP poll, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, really, really, really good time to be an SEC fan. Phenomenal time to be a Kentucky Wildcat fan. I mean, this is just insane what has been going on with Mark Stoops and the football team. Again, Kentucky defeating Florida on the road in the swamp. Top 15 victory, 26-16. to 
Kentucky did everything that they needed to do to get this victory, and they overcame a lot of struggle. This team has not reached its ceiling, and they currently have their best pro. They have their best AP uh, ranking in a in a very 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 long time. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. If you have any thoughts about Kentucky's win over Florida, if you want to tell me, hey, man, you were wrong about the game, you can feel free to do so uh, at the YouTube comments below. You can also do it over on social media. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.